Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of Talking Jays. I'm Jose New York. With me is my favorite partner and friend to record with, Jeanette. Jeanette, how are you doing today? Doing good. I didn't know I was your favorite. Um, I hope that doesn't break John's heart too much. Well, when John's here, I'll say that he's my favorite, but I didn't want to, you know. <laughs> but even if I was to record with Kevin, I wouldn't give him that credit. So at least you, at least you can rest assured on that front. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeanette, um, I'm glad to have you on. Um, obviously, we're partners in this and we talk often. Um, I'm wanting to let people know that we're going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus on the 18th, um, a little after the 18th. You're aware, but a lot of the people may not be aware that I had a car accident about half a year ago, a little over half a year ago. And um, I've been in phys enduring physical therapy for about a little over six and a half months. I had to put it to pause for a little bit. And uh, I'm going to have an operation on my C3 and C4 because of an impingement that I have in the nerves that basically run into my shoulders. So we are going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus after that, um, after I have my surgery. And because of that, you know, um, we will be coming back. You guys may get updates along the way when we're ready to come back. But um, just to give everyone a heads up what's going on health-wise, I sort of been uh, dealing with that issue. And I found out recently that apparently I have a genetic um, liver disorder. And sort of finding all these things out in my cirrhosis runs in my in my family on my mom's side from people that drink consume heavy amounts of alcohol but i don't but i guess um because there are liver issues present in my mom's side's family um i've had a lot of blood work done and i found out that i actually have a type of this um genetic disorder that affects the liver and I was told that if it's not treated properly, there's no medicine for it, but there's only experimental stuff for it. If it's not treated properly, most likely I'll be needing a transplant within two to three years from now. So I sort of felt like if you ever play, what's that game? Um, Mike Tyson punch out when, when, when uh, I think it's Joe, Little Mac, when Little Mac gets hit, he goes, boop, 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 you know, swings to left, right, left, right, and then down. I'm like, it was just so felt like a crushing blow that sort of rocked me a bit. But, you know, people that I've had that I've been able to talk to or, you know, just to be able to have conversations with, to be able to sort of distract me from that have been extremely helpful. So one of the reasons why I want to record with you is, Thank you for your posts on Facebook, on not Facebook, on Twitter for keeping me up and elevating me emotionally because quite frankly, um, I was, I've been afraid about certain things. Um, I'm trying to sort of keep it all inter internal, but your comedic posts have been, <laughs> have sort of made me laugh. Your pride in your city sort of makes me go, oh, snap, 
you and Pal, because I sort of forget that you guys are from the West Coast at times. And then Pal talking about how the West Coast is the best, and him and X Men talking about all oh, the West Coast is this. I'm like, oh snap, you guys are not gonna. I'm not gonna let you guys get away with that, because I'm from the East Coast, so I gotta represent a little bit of the East. <laughs> right. But I've been trying to get you for a week now, and. Uh, so when we last recorded, which we recorded with um, Capo, with Cap, okay, Capo. before we get before we get into all of that, um, like you, you should okay. So I know that there's always like you you go through something and you can't ever. Right now you're probably looking at this and you're like, damn, this is bad news after bad news after bad news. I would like to say that. You know, if it were not for this accident, perhaps you don't find out about this liver condition that you have, right? Because um, you were getting very much in-depth medical procedures being done as part of your the post-accident and your pre-surgery workup. These are not routine to a regular you know, yearly physical. When you go to your doctor, yes, they will take your blood and they will say, you know what, your your liver enzymes are a little off and they will recommend your, you know, drink more water, take this vitamin, nothing that would suggest this genetic condition and try to get you on this these medications to control and treat and make you, you know, put you put you on the right path, right? With long shot liver transplant, right? So we're, we're not for this. This is a blessing in disguise. Now, with that being said, it is great for you to know, like, that you have this. You, I mean, you kind of do fall into this period of like, wait, I've lived a clean life. I have not done any of the things. Dear God, why have you forsaken me? How much more can I, you know, how much more can I take? I'm just a man. Like, come on, dude, cut me a break. You know what? Jose, maybe all this shit turns around and in like four weeks, you win the lottery. You get the jackpot. You get, you get a couple mil, right? Maybe, maybe the Knicks finally turn it around. Uh, I couldn't even finish that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I will not not tell you. But, you know, try. I know it's it's hard because you just think bad thing after bad thing. No, we need to start looking for light. We need to start looking for positivity. So to all of our listeners, you know, Jose surgery is coming up March 18th. So from now and maybe from now till then, you know, send him your prayers your positive vibes um you know if you're you subscribe to um dancing naked under the moon for healing energy please do that in the name of jose because he needs it um and you know what is it like 96 percent of transplant matches are within the family so you better tell kevin like dude you can't drink shit <laughs> for, for for the next two three years like when he gets married he has to have martinelli's he can't have champagne none of that stuff he needs to be you need to put him on a on a keto friendly liver friendly because you know 
uh, he, he might be your option. The great thing about the liver, as you and I know, it's a regenerative organ. So he can lose not even half, less a, a third, a quarter of his liver. It will regrow within him. It will fit you perfectly. And you are able to continue with your fabulous life. You're able to continue to, to be a wonderful brother, a wonderful son, friend. You bring, you know, fiance to the wonderful sandy you know you're able to you know you're, you'll finally be able to live in portland dude you'll get out of new york sure you'll miss the bagels and the the, the dirt, tell me the dirty... einstein's bagels aren't comparable oh i don't know what they have in portland like but i don't I thought know you I'm guys had either. einstein's bagels over there because they're, it's a west coast company so i'm like oh god please tell me you've had that uh I think maybe I don't know. They're not as good. So <laughs> so so we, we we need to so we we need to find a lot of the positives. You still have many more Gundam models to build. This is this is you know a, a break of sorts for you to you know physically right. Uh, we physically got to get you right, and then after that the headspace will clear. It will be very healing for you to be out of this physical horrible pain that you've been in for the last almost seven months and you can enter a new headspace a new physiological space having all of this all of these things lifted from you and you can continue to to laugh and you don't have to internalize it anymore because that's the other thing it's always like i don't you know i'm you know this is a me thing i have to keep it in whatever and then when you do the release you're kind of like you get to decompress and it's like yes i'm still scared i'm still apprehensive but i can maybe i can take it a little bit more maybe i can find i can find you know because there's going to be people that are going to just be like you have nothing to worry about blah 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 and there's going to be other people that are like fool you should be scared it's surgery and then you're going to have other people that are going to look like hey but look at this other stuff that you have to look forward to. Think about this. And don't you want to be able to put on your socks and not just be like, I can't feel my arm or something, you know? Like, so, so yeah, you, you know, but the different people that you talk to, you're going to get the different perspectives. But hopefully these are people that are coming from a place of love and not of hurt or anything like that. And then you can just kind of just take it like, Okay, now I can move on. What's the next thing? It's been it's been difficult because, like I said, I've had to internalize a lot of it. And one time, I when I started finding this out, I went to our friend Chris. I'm like, Chris, I want to ask you all these different things about how you approach um, exercising and all these other things. And I sort of blitzed him hard, and I'm like, he's gonna think I'm crazy. <laughs> he's gonna wonder why is Jose asking me all these questions about health wise, when I give great advice about health, but I'm wondering why out of, out of the blue Jose is asking me these questions. And I'm like, um, uh, consider me your older brother asking you these things because I want to be able to start making changes because I don't know what life is going to look like when being after being told this. So I didn't give him all the details. I just basically, I'm like, I need to start implementing changes. What's the best way? He started giving me that. And like I said, I, I talked to John and I've talked to you as well. And I'm like, and I had like, I, I, just around like uh, December, I started to have like, I felt you sort of, you know, when you 
when you see a perfect mirror, you throw something against it and you see all the fragments. It honestly felt like I was being fragmented at that period of time. I'm like, so I'm dealing with an issue of the neck that runs into my shoulders that pretty much gives me tremors and numbness to the point that I sleep like at, at most three to four hours a day because pretty much I'm not able to t- tolerate it due to the pain and stuff like that. And I'm like, I, I need distractions and I can't think about this any further. And it took me a time. Um, I'll tell you, I'll relay a quick story. So my aunt, one of my aunts, who I love, um, had nephroma. So she had uh, cancer of the kidneys. And mm-hmm. I was stricken with a health issue and they thought they they thought that I had MS. So they wanted to do these um this nerve stimulation test and they couldn't give me the results then and there. And she, and I just said, you know what? I let me go visit my aunt. I need to be able to talk to someone in this and the other. Here's a lady that's dying of cancer. And she just looks upon, just looks me straight in the eyes. I didn't even say anything to her. And she looks me straight in the eyes and goes, what's wrong? I can tell something's wrong with you. I said, no, I just, you know, I just wanted to come and see you. And, and these like, she says to me, this, like I said, she's dying of cancer. And says to me, don't worry about whatever you uh, know. I'll pray for you. And I was, like I said, I'm trying to hold back from, from just gushing right now, but it, it impacted me so much that someone who's literally on knocking on death's door says to me, who needs people to pray for her, which I did and stuff like that, because I'm religious, I'm, I was raised Catholic, who needs um, people to um, pray for her and hope her, hope in her health, instead of focusing on herself, focused on me for, for a moment. And that to me was something that I absolutely could never forget in my life. Unfortunately, she passed away about two months afterwards. But to me, that's something that just like, in my, in what I felt was my darkest of all times, a person that was dying prayed for me. And I'm like, shit. You know, I, I just didn't know how to even take it. And I talked to one of my, her, her son. I said, well, can you believe that she said that to me as she's going through stuff? He goes, that's the type of person mom was. And to this day, whenever I go to the Dominican Republic, because that's where she's buried now, I can't help but just want to lay a wreath of flowers for her and, and just tell her, thank you for looking out for me. Because there's been instances where I feel that, you know, I have someone looking out for me. And at least that's all uh, something... I felt in my heart of all hearts. And it's been scary because like I said, now this time finding this out, it's almost like I took a, a blow to the gut and my felt my knees buckle. And uh, seeing people are around, you know, with this cheer and this positivity and making each other laugh and the community that you and I are, were, are a part of and the people that I met from there and everything and seeing, and getting all these laughs has been uh, more than a, a, a grace, a grace and a blessing. So, one of the things I had wanted to tell you before two weeks ago that I didn't get the chance to was I wanted to thank you. You know, um, so 
now that we got that out of the way, and I'm blubbering over here like Dan Levitard. <laughs> Thank God you're not a grief eater like him. We can sort of roll on. So one of us happened to take a trip recently south of the border, Jordan. Would you like to tell us about your trip? And the one question that I had for you, other than well, how was your trip, is your experiences over there. You've experienced COVID here in the United States versus experiencing the COVID, uh, people reacting to COVID now in Mexico. What was your trip like? Do you see any differences in the way they, they approach it versus the way we approach it? Yeah, so uh, January, I uh, took a one vacation to uh, Mexico. It's a small town in Jalisco, Talpe de Allende. That's where my dad lives and he's lived there for over 30 years. Dogs. <laughs> and uh yeah, so um you know to come back to the US from Mexico uh requires a COVID test, a negative COVID test. To get into Mexico, you don't have to test. Um and for me, I was like, you know what, I've spent the last start of pandemic up until that point. I'm like, I've followed all the rules, I've stayed home, I haven't done like I haven't wandered outside of the country. I'm not one of these people that it was like, you know, October 2020 and they were in Mexico, like in the resorts and shit. And then uh they're over here like finger wagging and shit at people, and it's just like like really, you know? So I was like, you know what? It seems like everything seems to be safe. It's a good time to to go and just get out. And you know what? I haven't really taken a vacation since before the pandemic. So I'm like, don't want to work. I get like I'm, you know, I, I want to just go. So I went and I spent a week. It's basically being on a farm. It's pretty much as close to isolationism as you can get when it's just you on many acres and the only other creatures are livestock cows horses chickens puppies random birds that's about it it was great i you know when i told my family they're like you should really go to like a beach or something like that i hate the beach i hate the sand the ocean is is just open sewage of all kinds i no, I I would rather it's the last place I would ever go to for a vacation or give my money to a, a beach city type of thing. It's just like no, just maybe a nice hotel with a pool, sure, but the beach is out of the question. I don't even go to the beaches here in Los Angeles. How far do you live from the beaches? Is what I was wondering. Um, with or without traffic. But I, I hate going to the beach in the summer when over here, when it's like 110 degrees, I'd rather sweat in my own house, you know, throw you, you know, I have a water hose. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I hate, I hate the beach. I, I, I hate it. It's disgusting. Um, the, the beaches here in Southern California or in, in Los Angeles County are among the like saddest like things ever. They don't compare to what you would see you know, in, in Miami, in, in, you know, even like when I see in TV shows, when I see people are like going to Martha's Vineyard, 
that like and i know that that is some cold super cold water but your those beaches up there they look so pretty with a little bit of grass and the white sand over here you take three steps and there's like a fucking dirty diaper there's cigarette butts there's dead birds in the ocean and people are willingly swimming in that kind of stuff they fish off of the piers and they eat those fish and like the mercury levels are like super gross off of long beach that's where all of like the switch from the la river ends up and you have people swimming in that crap it's like shit like maybe or or maybe like swimming in that maybe that's the cure to covid because ugh. but for like no i i santa monica beach overrated and disgusting venice beach utterly disgusting long beach fuck no i would rather like i would rather l- drink sewage water with well well i'm sorry th- 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 you are there is absolutely nothing there's I I would rather have my fingernails removed with pliers than ever swim in the beaches here in LA County. So whoever the fuck the super county supervisors are, the beach commissioners, whatever the hell they have, you guys suck. All of that advertising that you guys see, like like for Super Bowl, they had them people going to like Santa Monica Pier. They were they should have been so thankful that it was a beautiful day because the the week before Super Bowl it was just cold and rainy over here, super windy. The following week that was perfect Board of Tourism weather, but that, like no, absolutely not, no, never. As far as my vacation, it was great to be away. Um, it was me and my brother. We went. We had a great time. But when we went to go take our COVID test, he tested neg- he tested positive and he was asymptomatic. So the rule is you have to quarantine. Uh, for them, it's still, um, you know, ours is 10 days, uh, five days here. For them, it's the 10 day or until you return a negative result. Up, but it has to be a five day period. So we went and he tested negative and then we left the country two days later. So we were over there for about two weeks. Um, and that was like the only hiccup that we have over there. There is no mandate. I mean, I'm not entirely sure because we're in a small town, so I don't know what like the whole whatever, but there were not a lot of people wearing masks um, outside. So like on the streets, people walking and going to like the different shops. No, inside of shops and restaurants um you have to wear the mask but if you're just like walking hither and thither there's not a lot of that um there is still they have the problem of like their vaccination rate is they're having probably getting people vaccinated not because of like people don't want it or misinformation they don't know how to distribute it so it's not like here where we have the abundance and people have all this misinformation about like 5G and mind control and they want natural immunity. Over there it's, they are like, they have not figured out how to distribute it, which seems really weird, right? Because one of the things that happened is in that particular town, they actually built a medical center during the height of the pandemic because the little doctors that they had could not 
keep up with the amount of sick people that they were dealing with. So they were overwhelmed. And, and they're all internists, so they have no specialists. So they had to build super quick. My dad was like, they got a hospital built in like three months. He's, he's like, that's fucking unheard of. He's like wow. plumbing everything, you know, like she's like, they knew where to put it. There's ambulance access because before it was like, if you're super sick, you need to take a taxi either to Puerto Vallarta or Guadalajara and that's two hour drive for any type of an emergency. So they they built that thing and they brought in specialists, pulmonologists, you know, everything. They have a lot of equipment in there so they could take care of the people. And one of the reasons that in that particular town, he's like, we re- there is not a lot of hesitancy, hesitancy for people to wanna get the vaccine is because he's like, we had people dying every day, like 20, 30, you know, you you know, there were you would go to a household, and it's like some of them lost like fifty percent of their people, and it wasn't just like here, like it's the old and the young and all the age ranges. So he's like, we went through a prayer where it was like, oh, I'm going to so and so's funeral, and then after that, I'm going to this funeral, and then we're doing praying the rosary for for this person he's like so we had a long time where it was just a lot of 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 death and then it was like we can't do funerals because we don't want people getting sick and and then when the vaccine became available uh, he's like it was really sad because they would say we only have a hundred you know uh we only have a hundred injections and they would have 400 people in line right the Mm -hmm. the 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 clinic opens at seven they would have people showing up midnight like sleeping sleeping bags sleeping in in the line to be the first and it's like well i'm I'm holding the line um because to get the vaccine it was a similar thing that we had here of like the elderly immunosuppressed you know so they were the priority so people would go and it's like oh i'm here to get the vaccine i need two vaccines that's for my parents well i'm here for my uncles i am here for this person and then it was like people getting upset like about the lack of the vaccine and um uh like having to to show up pretty much the night before to to tool the spot and you know, like uh, this, so they were just like, well, why can't they come to our houses? And so it was like, there was a lot of stuff. And now it's like, they're, they've, they've worked through that. I don't know what their requirements are, like what the levels are, but it's not like here um, where we have like, also the, like, um, well, I don't know, maybe just because we were non-Mexican citizens, we had to pay for our COVID test mm. uh, both times. So it's not, um, it's not free, well, quote, like how it quote unquote is free over here. But I mean, it still goes through your insurance. You shouldn't have to pay out, out of pocket for it. Same thing with the vaccine where it's not like, oh shit, you don't, not a covered benefit. You got to pay for the vaccine and shit, right? Everything right now is supposed to be covered. But we paid for it. I'm just like, well, I think that's just because we're 
we're Americans. We're not citizens. Maybe the citizens, they don't pay. I never asked, but we paid. Wow. Um, well, I'm glad you were able to come back, at least for the most part. If you want to leave your brother behind, I mean, that's up to you. If you want to leave him behind or not. No, because um, even though he was asymptomatic, it, it you... No, I would leave my brother behind. I don't know if you felt inclined to leave your brother behind. If you love no. your brother enough to want to leave him behind, or you, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No, because um, uh, even though he was asymptomatic, it's still like how, like, you can't, I, I, I couldn't think of like, okay, I'm just going to leave him here because um, if, if I'm being honest, my, my brother and my dad in and of themselves are somewhat useless uh so they didn't know how to deal with this and i was like well we got to clean the whole house we got to disinfect we got to wash everything um he has to be you know in a room by himself he has to have his own bathroom um we have to be careful about how we prepare meals for him all these different things and you know so i you know i would be like you have to clean your own stuff here's all new everything whatever so i had to do all this like coordinating for the three of us and my brother was like if you had decided like fuck this is you peace out he's like i don't think i would have even been like one day like i gotta go and take stuff to laundry or like whatever i would have just been like i would have just stayed in bed like for the until i got a for the whole week or something because he he you know him getting that positive he his spirits went down so i had to just be like hey it's gonna be okay watch hey you know at least you're, you're asymptomatic and you don't feel it whatever and then so that was like my role and then also like we need to buy you we need to buy you this and you know i'm you know i'm going to the laundry uh give me all your stuff to go wash um oh here i bought you you know you're you're you know here but just you know food to eat and things like that because they were just like mm -hmm. so you're the so. patron so what i learned just now is that you're the patron saint of, of the city of long beach which is where you're from right i'm not from long beach huh. uh la uh, i don't know the california geography we've already discussed this i thought la and cal and san francisco were separated by a bridge remember that? <laughs> So you're from Los Angeles. I thought Long Beach was a part of Los, An Los Angeles. But anyways, so you're the patron saint of Los Angeles. We've already discovered that. Now, let me tell you about the guy upstairs that I call Kevin, who's my brother. One time, my brother slapped me across the back of the head. I go running after him. He jets across the street. So in order for us to get to the high school, it's almost like a split S. So you got to go up, left. Up again and then right. Up, it's up, left, no, up, right, up, and then and then up again. So it's up, right, up. So it's basically it's yeah, it's almost anyways. So literally it's up, right, up. That's how the street goes. You gotta cut across the street and then keep on shooting up this little small um alleyway to go to the high school. My brother slapped me in the back of the head one time. Right at the corner of the at uh, the beginning of the S part, I go running after him. I'm approaching the corner to turn up. I he's about maybe two feet away from me. 
I slip and I hit my my shin against one of those electric poles, the one that are made out of wood, not the metal ones, the one that's made out of wood with all the staples in them. And and, and that the, the people that climb have to dig their heels into uh, their feet, their shoe gear up. So I slip and hit my shin so hard against it. I'm on the ground wincing in pain. And I'm literally rolling in pain. And my friend who's walking with us says, Yo, Kevin, I think your brother's hurt. You got to come back. My brother said, leave him, and kept on running towards the school. So when we came back, my brother's like, well, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. He goes, you know why they come back, don't you? I said, yeah, I think I know why. He goes, yeah, because if I get the feeling if I would have come and helped you and seen if you were all right when you got hurt, you would have gone up. And hit the hell out of me right before school. <laughs> so that's what I'm wondering if, like, if the a thought ever occurred to you, like, you know what? Screw this guy. I got to get home. <laughs> you know, because obviously you don't have a brother like mine who's a jokester who likes to act like an ass all the time. At least you, you have care and love for your brother. So I commend you, Jeanette. Thank you, Jeanette. <laughs> it's not like a, a, a little bit of a sibling rivalry with your brother in any way. So at least that's a plus on your side. Uh, yeah, I guess. No, I mean, I just, um, I didn't want to leave him because for the most part, it's still um, a foreign country. And he was very sad. And he, like I said, he, you know, he got sad. And he was like in his headspace. He was just like I don't know. Like he couldn't really like look at things to like care for himself. So, okay, I gotta you know do this. Uh, step in and fill this role. Um, also, it's an additional week of not having to be at work. And fuck work. They don't sponsor us. <laughs> so. And I got paid for it. But then they were like, uh, you have to fill out all this information in order to be covered as COVID time caring for a family member. Otherwise, it's it's unpaid, unpaid leave. You see what we need to do. And is and like, no, but the following Monday. So the Monday I came, I. Two days after I showed up. Right. So that Wednesday, whatever the hell it was. That's when our stupid state assembly passed to extend COVID time uh, for, you know, going back to, because it's, it's for 2022, we didn't have COVID time anymore where it's, you know, it's, it's, it's covered by employers. So that Wednesday they passed it. So that Monday and Tuesday, that's when they had me like scrambling to fill out all of these forms and to promise them, you know, my firstborn grandchild and shit to get paid 40 hours of COVID time and then Wednesday they passed that thing and I just followed up with the representative I'm like so I'm like I like like because it was like still pending approval and I was like so I'm auto approved now right because of the assembly bill they're like no because you submitted your paperwork before the effective date and I was like fuck off so yeah it's just it's just it's a bunch of stupid shit and I was just like oh that shit's like the assembly bill is retroactive one one twenty two, so fucking approve my shit and pay me. But from that trip, I brought back some goodies which I sent yep. you. Yeah, it was absolutely. So can delicious. you can you tell me like uh, what did you think of the rollo de guayaba, which is um, guavas 
that are basically melted with sugar sugar is added it's boiled and it turned into a paste the paste is flattened it air dries and then it's rolled in so it's a guava roll right so some of them are just like plain flavored other ones they'll put a bunch of sugar on it and uh because you know sugar is addicting even though there's natural sugars in the guava so i sent you two pretty large rolls i hope they traveled well yes and they did. I, wanted, I wanted to see what you thought of them uh, did you share them did you eat them by yourself so tell me I, I i shared them with my brother mm -hmm. and i ate them the way we used to eat guava paste with little um with water crackers and they were absolutely great i don't know if you remember you know what water crackers are they basically it's just water water and flour and there are these thin little crackers that sort of are hollow inside so mm -hmm. i would cut little slices of them and pay, put them on top and i enjoyed them and unfortunately my parents are in the dominican republic so my dad's like well the reason why she got you that is because this is what my dad believes because guava has antioxidants and things to help fight COVID. <laughs> he goes, so your friend is giving you something to be able to fight off COVID and prevent it. So on the behalf of my dad to you, thank you for preventing her sons from getting COVID. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, I like uh, the one without the sugar and with the sugar. They were both equally good. They were different. They tasted different because one obviously had sugar on the outside, but they were absolutely good. I would slice pieces of it, eat it with the cracker and everything. Yeah, that's great. Cause um I I because look, I brought back like I think a dozen rolls. So I sent two to you, I sent two to John, I sent some to to Pow, to Jeff, one from, you know, some, some for me, for, and then for my aunt, right? And um, I thought I, I was going to be over in the luggage. And I was like, well, I'm probably going to have to pay or they're going to tell me to like dump something. But I made it um, with the weight restriction. And then my brother was like, you could have brought like four more rolls back. And I was just like, no, that's enough. Because I, I was just like, no, you know? Um, like we good but yeah i remember when i was there i was like because uh, even before i left i had asked you and john like do you guys like guava and you guys both told me yes it's like i'm gonna bring them some and then my brother when we're on the plane he goes if you had bought the smaller rolls he's like you probably could have gotten double instead of buying the really big ones that you brought he's like so you could have gotten more he's like but He's like, I think price, you know, he's like, so you probably even could have saved some money that way as well. And I was just like, man, they, I'm like, but I think they would have stopped me when they see all of like these rolls. Like I would have <laughs> been put to, you know, step to the side at the airport. And it's like, well, what is this? It's like, you want one? <laughs> you know, So, but I'm glad that you guys like them because um, uh, that, um, that particular region they have a lot of guava trees and that is one of the things that they're known for is those guava rolls so when you walk down like their main street every other shop if not every shop sells guava rolls guava candies mm. right um they also make rompope um not i think as good as like what john would be into 
um i would have gotten him a bottle but uh and i told him i would have but i'm like but i totally forgot um but yeah but that's like one of their like their thing that like one of their touristy export type of things is those guava rolls and i've i've always liked them i always like them so can you ferment guava into some sort of alcohol is that possible maybe i don't know i'm just curious maybe there's something that they've, they've done before no and then the other thing that's like really popular right now is because in the state of jalisco that is where uh the majority of tequila and mezcal is uh created uh so the other thing that now is gaining popularity is moonshine so it's like from the leftovers of the mezcal and the tequila they make moonshine which is um Raicilla. Mm-hmm. So that's the other. So a lot because so outside of Puerto Vallarta, it's where all of they have all of the agave forms. So now you can have the agave experience, and you can go to a tequilera or where they make mezcal or raicilla, and then they sell you like the bottles. And that was like the thing. It was like I was like, you guys don't want any moonshine? It's like no, we're good. <laughs> Everybody kept on wanting us a drink, and I'm like, no, I've never had it before. I don't want to try. I don't know what's gonna happen. Mm-mm. I know moonshine yeah. is made out of from corn, right? If I'm correct, um, that's not what they what they were telling me over there. So I don't know. So I, I don't like like I said. It's just it's just I I don't know any. It, that's what they were telling me that it was like off of. Uh, it it could be that I don't know, but they were because I know they produce a lot of corn in Mexico, so I could definitely see them making moonshine off of that. I know that's how you get ethanol and stuff like that. So literally, you could be drinking gasoline. For all you, all you know, wow, that's actually that sounds pretty like a wonderful trip. At least that you took, you know, for the most of a most part. The only trip I've taken other than to see Sandy over in Oregon was to the Dominican Republic, and it was about a week and some time because I had to pick up my parents and try to bring them over here before the United States got shut down. But um, that was a, a, an interesting trip because um, I think I expressed to you and, and John that we have, my parents have a house over there. They bought my grandfather's house in the Dominican Republic. So about nine tenths of the year or, or maybe three, three quarters of the year, the house is just people, you know, look after it and stuff like that. Then my mom and my dad, because my mom got into a severe car accident years ago, almost like a decade ago, if not uh, over a decade ago, she ended up tearing both labrums in her shoulder and um, all these and and had to have a spinal fusion and all these different things that in her spine. So during the winters, she has to spend it over there. So whenever I go over there, we bring back all the rapaduras, which is these, they take palm leaves and they stuff it with coconut and they let it harden. So it's co- it's like um coconut with milk and they make a candy out of it so they put it in these like with the palm leaves to keep it almost like the rolls that you gave me but instead of it being uh uh, you can see the roll of the guava this is just coconut that they allow to harden in that and they even make like a um a dulce de leche with coconut in it and that reminds me of your post recently that killed me was when John sent you a picture of this leche cake. It said, Jeanette, if you see this, just know that I'm sorry. I absolutely killed me because I know your stance is on this leche cake. So I'm hoping in one, one, you're not big into sweets. So what type of sweets do you like then? Since you're not big into 
over uh, very heavy things in sweet. So guava is the right amount of sweetness for you. I like sweets. I just reaffirm I do not like tres leches cake. I do not like a soggy cake with the consistency of vomit. To me, that is what tres leches cake <laughs> is. It's it it's it's the all the ones that I've had, the smell, the texture, the the with with the milk coming out of it, it's like having when you hold throw up in your mouth. All right. And that, that's that, why I will not I don't I, I will thought, not eat it. I, I like you're just anti sweet sweet things. That's why. No, I like I like chocolate. I like ice cream. I like fruits, um, certain fruits, papaya, utterly disgusting, trash. Um, but tres leches cake is fundamentally an abomination. And as I've said before, if you serve me tres leches cake and you know my stance on it, I can only assume you hate me and I will never speak to you again. What if I serve it to you with the intention of you giving it back to me so I can end up eating two slices of cake? Then and just then, cut yourself, just cut yourself you two slices. No, just cut yourself two slices. No, <laughs> no, if you, if you, if anybody ever serves me tres leches cake and they know my stance on tres leches cake, I repeat, you hate me and I will hate you and I will never ever talk to you again. Because so, if you tell me that you dislike something, why would I ever openly serve it to you? I wouldn't. I'm not like you're like, I, 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 don't, I, I don't like beans. I, I don't like, like you. Your thing is like, oh, beans. Fine. I wouldn't be like, huh, here. No, but hey, wait a second. Now, that's what I'm about to catch you because you said that when we get together for Mass Miami or something like that, I have a bowl of beans waiting for me. So I, I remember that. <laughs> I'm remembering that, anyways. But now you got me curious, and maybe Powell message us, and we'll find out if Jeff ever sent him his hot sauce that he was waiting on the entire time. And the other thing, piece of news that I heard that apparently some farmers threatened an FDA agent, so it may be there's going to be a shortage of avocados coming in from Mexico to the United States. No, that was lifted. That was okay, lifted the other day because I sent that to Powell and his messages. Well. We grow them in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, he has so, a, so I was wondering yeah. if you stuck up, snuck away with a couple of boxes of avocado, aguacates over there when you were on your trip. If you had, you know, because I thought you drove down to Mexico. I didn't know if you uh, flew over there. No, it's, to drive there, I think is like uh, 24 hours and I don't know if you know this, but a lot of bad shit happens on like Mexican interstates, especially because you're traveling through it's mostly rural country uh, and you don't want to be out there in the middle of nowhere or where you presumably you think you're by yourself and then you get pulled over by whom you think are police or whatever and they're not. So I would not advise that it doesn't even have to be nighttime. It could be during the day. Yep, I was not aware of that. That's that's how that goes to show you how how well traveled I am. Because, like I said, the only places I've really traveled much is Florida one time, Ohio a few times, um, Oregon, which obviously you know why because my fiance lives there, and that's why I root for the Blazers on occasion, which I know is one of the teams that you despise. 
So if you want me to be hopeful in having a team that wins, you already know it's the team that sort of lives up north of you because the one in New York absolutely sucks. Anyways, and um, and that's a, as and Canada and pieces of Canada. So okay, I don't hate the Blazers. I hate the Seahawks. There's a huge difference. I don't give a damn about the Blazers. I should say, but I truly hate the Seahawks. I wish them nothing but misery and failure for the rest of their existence. Portland. I don't think I really give any thought to what they are or aren't doing. They don't register for me. Well, I'm hoping at some point in time in the future, you'll actually visit Portland. So let's just keep our fingers crossed on that one. Not even because you're my sister, I got to know. Not even because of that. Mm. All right. So I guess it's either see you in Musk, Miami, or me travel down to Los Angeles and then figure out where's the bridge that connects Los Angeles to San Francisco. <laughs> I still can't believe that one. Because <laughs> all my life, I'm like, my, it felt like you always hear about the Golden Bridge and, and it's only a, a 45 minute drive from from like where the where the um, where the Dodgers play to San Francisco. And then I found out, no, it's not a 45 minute drive. It's actually much longer than that. So, yes. So sometimes I need to be able to be corrected on my geographical uh uh, knowledge from time to time but speaking of football which you mentioned the seahawks there's an interesting thing that's been in the made it uh, the pete carroll sucks boo russell said <laughs> is boring boo mr unlimited anyways boo, loser. <laughs> i was gonna ask you if you have any if you've spoken on left of the club or Lower after hours about the recent um meanderings i guess you could say of michelle tafoya um some of the things that i was surprised that she had these stances i was not aware because obviously she's usually a correspondent or you see her on um on what is that? Uh, the the part of the interruption, but I had not known when sometimes she they, they have her on to talk. You know when they have that little brief five minute where they have a uh, five minutes with a guest or whatever. I was not well aware of her stances on some of these uh, on the politically or some of the rhetoric that she basically espouses, especially about Colin Kaepernick saying, "Yeah, you know he did it as a financial thing. You know if he really wanted to, he could come back to the NFL anytime he wants." not realizing that he basically took a knee for more than just financial things. He took a knee to be able to, because he felt inclined to um, talk about uh, abuse and about, and about, you know, abuse of power and about black, black rights in this country. And not only black rights, the rights of minorities and that he, him taking a knee wasn't for one thing, it was for multiple things. So I was wondering if you had any opinions on Michelle Tafoya, um, especially now that she's the, I guess, the spokeswoman for some governor, the guy that's running for governor of Minnesota, which is a state that's experiencing a whole lot of racial issues because of the, the recent deaths that, that have occurred over there. Yeah, so I think if you look back over, I want to say generous number, five, six years, a lot of the prominent police shootings of African-Americans have happened in, in the state of Minnesota. 
George Floyd, right? Um, Dante Wright. Yes. Um, Philando Castile. So those are three I can think of right off the bat. Philando Castile to me always remains incredibly interesting because there was an investigation into that. And this was, you know, so that thing revealed a bunch of stuff and they were like, okay, we're going to change shit and like, whatever. So in essence, because of the investigation into the Philando Castile shooting, George Floyd and everything, all these other things should not have happened in Minnesota because it came out just like how incredibly inept and incompetent, I believe the Minneapolis PD was in their training. They were deficient in their training in how to deal with, you know, suspects, particularly black men, right? As now we can see. So, and they were also under, they had a federal investigation and there was like all these things going on. So for them to have all this, all this scrutiny on them and for the officers still to never throughout the state, not just the city of Minnesota, for them to not feel like shit, we shouldn't really be abusing our shit. Cause look at all the attention that we're, that we got off of this. If the next one is going to be more and more and more. So that particular aspect, I think to some extent gets lost and should be examined that this was already a police force in the city and in the state that was under scrutiny, but continued to, that officers continued to act above the law and that scrutiny, and they just didn't give a damn. They were gonna keep on, you know, and then turning around and be like, I feared for my life. I'm gonna put my knee on his on his neck for nine minutes and nobody else, um, you know, my, my other officers, uh, they're not going to intervene because I'm the senior officer and, you know, they're not going to fuck with me. And even though there are dozens of people watching me commit this, this murder and it's being taped, I still don't give a damn because, you know, because I, can't hide behind I, I, the shield. I, I feared for my life. With Michelle Tafoya, the most interesting thing about this is to look at her career. And I know that all of these movements are are aligned the same way. It's very recent, three or four years, five years, right? So I wonder in her time working for NBC, how much of the message she got to shape as far as who they talked to about these things and how it was perceived. Or was it like, I am politically, I don't agree with, you know, uh, Kaepernick, Kaepernick, the Bennett brothers, right? I don't want to interview and talk to them about this, but I will say, you know, but I will serve as the, you know, correspondent. premier correspondent for our program. And I will toss softballs to Goodell. I'm cool with that. Was it someone else, right? That they were like, this is who we're going to have talked to. So to me, it's like i don't i think at that for that particular program the people most likely knew what her inclinations were and they were not gonna put her in a position where she felt like she was being hypocritical to her political beliefs or her personal beliefs and conduct interviews with people that she was diametrically opposed and maybe in that discussion or whatever her actual feelings would come out and it would when in a time where they're 
painting and racism on the you know on the end zone and wearing all these doing all this performative shit on their uniforms where her true feelings come out and then they get called out on it why are you why are you putting this this person who who is just she's just showing up for the paycheck to ask me these questions she's she's the reason why we can't succeed in our movement because you know whatever so it's like why now however she you know she wants to make these comments about crt now and and her kids and like whatever i know that she has two kids i'm not entirely sure of their age um they might be college age so if they are college age then crt might be taught in their college but that's if they enroll for for a crt um class in their university otherwise they're not being taught that right her her chill her adult children are not actively looking for these classes she also does to my end to i think she does not have the small children which are now like it's the crt is being taught in first grade right that so that's like the stupidity that she's trying to perpetuate that that uh in kindergarten where kids you know preschool kids can't fucking uh, read or write they don't know their fucking they might know their colors they don't know their numbers that we're already teaching that crt is being taught through sesame street and peppa pig and coco melon they're teaching the kids crt right so that's a stupidity that she is trying to perpetuate um and and in her messaging but this just goes to show that when you're working in a certain industry why maybe sometimes that message can't come across of your activism and also why a lot of these like particularly Kaepernick why he didn't chose to have his message delivered through traditional media he went and he did it on his own for the most part through his spokespeople he put out his own if he had to make a video he made it on his own he was not going to and uh, you know this isn't to take out all these people and like whatever but he wasn't going to an espn an nbc sports a cbs sports network the zone whatever he you know uh you know nfl network he was doing it through his own because he probably was just like i don't want this corrupted through the filters of like their partnership with the nfl and how i am in opposition with them right now and how they're gonna bring up you know whatever the hell to try to discourage me so it's me putting out my own message so now afterwards we you know i don't mind for i I think it's perfectly fine for anybody that wants to assert whatever their opinions are because for the most part we don't really we feel like we know a lot of these individuals that are sitting that are coming into our television into our homes on a weekly basis for many many years and we don't really know who they are so when we start learning about them yes it does change and you do feel fooled by it but then you just realize like what the you know you can kind of like put them away and you're just like that person is just nonsense you know mm-hmm. and then you know <laughs> i i think when you know you 
you know, this is a this is a, a, a person also that I, I'm pretty sure she does not identify as a woman of color, despite her last name being Tafoya. But I'm pretty sure because I read her Wikipedia when she started out, she was Mickey Connolly. She started her career as a reporter as Mickey Connolly because, you know, a, a person with the last name Tafoya was not going to get the jobs because it's like, oh, she's too Hispanic. So pretty sure. Like when she puts ketchup on her hot dog, she gets heartburn. Just putting it out there, she does, you know. Um, but yeah, but now that she turned around and she used her name to also just be like, well, you know what? I, you know, I check off boxes as I check off boxes as being yeah. a woman in Latin, but whatever, right? So then she, instead of looking at the landscape and identifying with other people of color with other disadvantaged groups also being you know a woman because we experience that she's like no nah. all you guys want to do is upset the system like things things are good the way they are the real the real threats that are coming are to um you know over here right or we that whole we have to preserve the American dream thing, whatever she's gonna try to settle, pedal through this, um, helping this person try to become governor of Minnesota. Like that might be what is you and a limited people, but that's not the experiences of like others. And like someone that talked to people in the NFL who a lot of the athlete that's going into that, they go that go into, they're so intense and focused into making it into that league to break out of incredible poverty. So she's been there to see and, and observe the stories and gone back to the places where these people have grown out of to become successful, even for a short amount of time, right? Athletes. And like, like she doesn't realize like not everybody has what she this because also what this this thing that she wants this the these political beliefs they also don't allow people that are all that already don't believe that to come into it because a person with money and influence they only want them if they look a certain way mm. right so it's just like to me it's like she i, I don't know like, like I, I think that whole notion of her being a reporter and trying to, you know, present things in a certain way, I think she stopped that a long time ago. And like, all, all she was there for in that job was just to do the pieces and, and not come and do things. If something conflicted with what she believed politically, she probably wasn't going to do it. And now it's just like, like not you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Like I would like for her, like if she has an opinion on the Brian Flores stuff, like put that out there. Um, you know, if she has an actual opinion on why Eric Bieniemy can't get a head coaching gig, but you know, um, what's his face gets retread. Uh, you know, as always mentioned, you know, there's always the retread names of like Bill O'Brien and shit like that. Like, give me that opinion why you why you think of that. But 
I don't I don't think she's gonna do that anymore. She's gonna do the whole like, well, I'm, I'm I don't get paid to talk sports anymore. And I don't think she should anymore. I think she let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, I told I told Jeff um, when because I think that announcement may have broken Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, so I told Jeff, halftime show had to be like the last straw for her. <laughs> this is yeah. this is this is too black. I'm glad I'm gone. Yeah, and I and I think she, I I have thoughts on this on the halftime Super Bowl as well. But I think she let the cat out of the bag. I think she basically burnt any bridges that she may have had within the sports field, unless she's going to be doing sports for Fox Fox News in some fashion or Outkick. Uh, or outkick, yeah, probably outkick. They pretty much agree with her type of mental attitude about that. Um, I think she pretty much just said, although I made my money and made and got well paid watching black bodies pretty much put themselves through a grueling sport. And instead of hearing them out, maybe on some of these stances and understanding where they come from and knowing, not even understanding where they come from, knowing where they come from, because you do get a biography on some of these athletes. So you know some of the things that they had to endure in order for them to make it to a professional level. And you still have foster this type of attitude, knowing that it's just absolutely amazes me. And you mentioned Brian Flores. Brian Flores, I'm... There is a sense of pride that I got the fact that he's going to be as an offensive court, not offensive court, defensive coordinator or working with the linebackers. Not, not that I wish he had gotten a full a position as coach because he deserves it. But the fact that a black coach is saying, y'all may not want him, but I do. And knowing that that was the same coach that also would have gotten a position with the I believe with the Dolphins, but because he was deemed too much hip hop to be a coach and him being one of the most successful coaches, having taken his team to the Super Bowl and having won it himself, I think at least Brian Flores is getting an opportunity, but should not waver from his lawsuit. I think at least he's working, which is something that people said, he'll, he burned all his bridges. No, he can only, not only is he going to go onto a team that, that is successful with winning, with having a great defense, which with being successful and getting victories, he's also being able to sue the people that prevented him from even thinking about coaching in a, in a, in a higher up position and, and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not here because, you know, I'm not suing because I want to make money off of it. I'm suing because I know that this discrimination that goes on here and these organizations, there's something that I'm bringing to light. Now, some people want to focus on the fact that he was told to throw games, which he refused to, but I know that uh, maybe some other coaches along with him that joined his lawsuit have proof of that also you know and that's something that that people will only bring about because it's bringing gambling into the sport but i'm 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 hoping that more stuff comes to the light and i'm naive enough to think they'll make some change but we all know it's not going to make any changes Jeanette. i i don't know i'm kind of like right now i'm kind of like i feel like him getting the job while like still having the 
the lawsuit pending i'm like isn't that a conflict of, of interest for you and isn't that incredibly awkward because meeting with the other assistant coaches i think has to be incredible would have to be incredibly awkward for him um when the season starts right mm-hmm. because it's like he's gonna be he's I think the amount of communication that he's going to have within that team is going to be very limited. He's going to be very much isolated because it's like, if I have a conversation or try to make a joke with him, is this going to be, you know, people are, are fearful and, and they're, they're going to want to preserve their own, whatever they have going on. Um, I think the NFL is going to throw some money, a lot of money at him. I think, I think he's going to accept it. And I think because if here's the thing, if you really if you really felt like if you wanted to give all of his energy and everything into this lawsuit, I don't he shouldn't have accepted that job. So I think him accepting that job really does point to the fact that all he wanted was a job, especially after the statement that he whether it was that he approved his his lawyer to release after Lovey Smith was hired by the Texans, because that just came out of that should have been me, super jealous, super petty. But but you know, at the same time, love the whole spiel that's being talked about Lovey Smith being hired. That Lovey wasn't the person that they really wanted to hire. It was that um that quarterback. I completely forgot his name. Maybe you remember his yeah, name. Yeah, I, I know. But like like if it really is about change and this this i don't think it it's for his best interest to have taken that position yeah i agree with you because to me now it looks now it looks like a total conflict of interest because i i don't i can't think of too many places of work where someone would be actively suing their employer and granted it could be they're suing in this department and then they go to a different department and it's just like cool this person is still working here while they're trying to sue the company and everybody's going to get along with that person everybody's going to trust them because the moment that they have a like a bad game or something right what because you said he's coaching defense so yes. there's a there's a game where they have a it's a defensive struggle they get lit up on points like like if he gets the play calling duties taken away from him and tomlin takes over like what is that shit gonna look like right or whoever his second in command is they take over is it gonna be a you need to step away and you need to give the patented spend more time with my family line something yeah, but right. by doing that, by saying I won't spend more time with my family, you're also saying that even if you're offered a job, you wouldn't take it. I I just think that he that he's going to him being there is going to create an incredible. It's going to be a huge distraction. It's going to be incredibly uncomfortable, and for as control fleet control freaks as coaches are, I don't know how you can come out of that where what you want is you don't want conflict you want everything to be smooth mm-hmm, understand right. that understand that optically it looks great for him to land in this position because he's working under a very successful african-american coach 
in Mike Tomlin. That's one. The, 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 the Rooney family. There you go. They, the Rooney rule, right? This came about them, right? And so he has the blessing of the Rooney family, one of the first families of, of, of American football, right? And it also, you know, the Rooneys and the Maras are intermarried. So then this adds to the conflict between them because the family, mm-hmm. the Maras own the Giants and that's allegedly the, a, a position that he applied for and he got the the bad text message, the confused text message from Belichick to the wrong uh, Brian, right? Because of, you know, so there's soap opera things right there, but I think for him to be there is a huge distraction. And I think he's going to be incredibly lonely being there. And I don't think he's going to be very successful in that position. And if that happens, then is he going to blame it on Tomlin? Is he going to blame it on the Roonies? Or is he going to look at himself and say, I shouldn't have done this because if let's say Tomlin is like on his, on his side, what if he alienates that support? Yeah. Right. You're right. So, so I, I like to me, I, I just think he, he shouldn't have done it. He should have just been like, I'm going to sink or swim with this freaking lawsuit because he like day one interview on get up. He's like, I'm fine. Not coaching again. So you lied. And, and when they go, if this thing goes to like, they're going to bring that shit up. And it's like, well, why is it that on February 2nd on get up, you're like, I'm fine, not coaching. But then on February 19th or whatever it was, you you accepted a coaching job, not a head coaching job, but you accepted a job within the NFL. Like if the NFL, they're going to help if the NFL is so bad and blah, 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 everything you allege. Why, 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 why do you want to work here? Why do you want to work for this organization that mistreated you? Why not? Take your money, your the the their the whatever the dolphins paid you out. Go live in whatever, right? Let your lawyers handle the lawyerly stuff. You went and you did family things, or maybe you coached at the high school. Pop Warner, uh, a JC. Because now it's like, well, it's bad, but it ain't that bad. So that's what I think. It, oh no, I, I you have you made yeah, some very so, salient points. I know that there's like you're like everybody wants to be like he's the next Jackie Robinson or Muhammad Ali or like whatever, and it's just like, uh, don't we have to see how the story ends? But, like I know we're living in a moment in history. We think we're living in a moment in history, but don't we have to wait to the end to see what happens? It's the thing that Carl Douglas said that makes me think this guy's gonna lo- most likely gonna lose his so- lawsuit or it's probably gonna get tossed. Um, the NFL is not gonna want to put out any information out there, so they're most likely gonna money had it and just give them money, or because then they're gonna have to put out um, physical material or records out there which they do not want to do. And I was hearing Howard Bryant talk about Kurt Flood. Or Curtis Flood, the guy that basically sued the major leagues and lost his case, but because he sued the major leagues, 
the major leagues re- in turn ended up bouncing back from that lawsuit and allowing players to decide where they want to sign to. Although Curtis Flood lost and got blacklisted from the major leagues, because he sued, that infer created um, free agency amongst baseball players. But I would hope that there would be a, some modicum of this with coaches. But Jeanette, the thing that I see is the people doing the hiring don't have to hire based on they, they, they're the ones with the money. They're the ones that run the league. Goodell's just a mouthpiece for them. They're the ones that decide who's going to be coaching their team. If they really want to be successful, they'll hire the best person for the job. But when they're hiring based on, hey, what similarities do we have? Oh, you're also a coach? You can hide behind say, well, we interviewed two African-Americans or we interviewed two minorities. We did our due diligence. And even if the person is gangbusters and basically is the, the, the best candidate, you can, and, and the spiel of, well, you know, them by them basically interviewing, it prepares them for other jobs. It's the biggest bullshit I've, I've ever heard. To say, well, because you interviewed with the, with the I don't know, with the Maras, or because you interviewed with, um, what's his name? Al, the, the coach, the owner of the, um, the owner of the Raiders. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, but anyways, because they interviewed with the with Al Davis, Al Davis's son, are they? They interviewed Mark with all Davis. these other people. That just prepares you for other interviews. That's the biggest hokum in the world. It's just bullshit. Because you're gonna hire based on who you feel right with. And unfortunately, these people are not able to look beyond themselves and who they hire. And that's just basically what the truth of the matter is. And no no matter how many lawsuits you encounter, they're not going to change. But I feel damn right about the fact that they're they're suing them. Because maybe it forces something to change, but unfortunately, it's never going to be enough. Is there anything you want to add to that before we... Change on to our last topic. No, I just like I said, I just think for him, it just. I I just personally feel like him taking that job after. Just looks bad for him, and he is going to have a very. The upcoming season for him in Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be very lonely and very difficult, and I think if. On the way out, if there's a if there is if something happens where it's like we need to make a change, um, like is he gonna try to be, is he gonna try to be messy on the way out or something? So I just think he put himself in an impossible position, and I I I don't know if now this turns out where he was trying to craft his 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 grievance into something larger and perhaps he's i i really just think he just undermined himself and what he's trying to what what he thought he was trying to accomplish or his lawyers thought he should be accomplishing with this class action lawsuit so i think he shot himself he hurt himself and for his lawyers to to kind of let this happen uh like uh, i i I think it's just bad 
bad advice and I think this is gonna go away sooner rather than later and it's yeah. not gonna it's whatever he thought he was going to accomplish or whatever because ultimately I now it's like we can say he does want in it he that whole stuff about him I'm fine never coaching and not never working in the NFL again is total bullshit because he's there in it right now he accepted a position he can't let go yeah it's like like dude like like you don't have a you don't have a connection to Saban <laughs> like granted he doesn't need the rehab that the other like like that that Kiffin and Sarkeesian and and um you know Bill O'Brien especially Bill O'Brien needed to stand next to next to Saban but you don't have a connection to to Saban to Kirby Smart to Lincoln Riley um how dude you can go to Liberty University with those scumbags right like and anywhere yeah. anywhere go go to go to Utah go, you, you, go I, to the go to the U the you know the, the, the Chris, crystal ball mario crystal ball can't use you uh tallahassee fsu ucf like do the what Deion you don't know did. you don't know dion like you don't know coach prime you don't have a hook up to coach prime that's what i'm saying do the root this dion sanders did dion sanders basically got rejected from coaching uh fsu said screw it i'm gonna i'm gonna shake up the game go over to uh, uh hbcu Go, like, yo, ASU, well, maybe they're gun-shy because of the whole Herm Edwards, like, NCAA, you know, investigation that just happened. ASU is desperate as fuck for, like, a turnaround story. Um, I don't think this would be it, right? Because he has, like, his own baggage. But you don't know, you don't know somebody that knows somebody that doesn't know somebody that could get you a stand next to the guy in college football. Like Kevin you don't know. Someone, I mean, we got so Bri many people. Bri Bri Brian Kelly, uh, Dabo, um, the the new coach. I mean, I don't think he can stand next to Harbaugh because he cost Har. Because Harbaugh was gonna like right was supposed <laughs> to. So he he can't go to Michigan. When he can't go to Michigan, but I'm like, dude, like SDSU, San Diego State, Aztecs, um. Fresno uh, State, <laughs> Illinois, Hawaii, Hawaii. Oh, but Jeanette, but maybe he doesn't like the beaches. I mean, he lived in Miami, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm wondering how you would be if you went to the beaches of the Dominican Republic. They're rather clean, and you can see your feet in the water. How's that sound to you? That's that's all I want. That's what I would want. The beaches over here. It's like I don't need to be in the like. It's like. You know, uh, the remnants of a fucking Honda Civic are fucking <laughs> right there next to me. They didn't, look, I know Baywatch did a lot for the perspective of like, you know, we've, we've had a lot of these shows that glorify what Los Angeles surfing culture, beach culture is. Thank you, Gidget. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Good Lord and all those. Uh, this those, is why. This is those, why I love my friendship with you. You actually the, know what I'm thinking. The, those movies from the '60s with. The, with Boot the, doggy. Yeah, all that. All that and crap and Frankie Avalon. Yeah, them and and Baywatch. 
No, it's not like that. You'll drop in and you'll come out covered in, in garbage. You'll have a fucking tampon sticking out of your ear. Uh, the, car- the plastic car- of a beer, beer, <laughs> the beer rings. A carcass of a seagull hanging um, from your from your swim trunk. It's not good. <laughs> like it, it, like it, it, we get we get the they try to bury like the beach because the, they test the water and they tell you like on a scale of whatever to whatever and it's always like you know the only beach that passed the test is like whatever and then it's like the most disgusting polluted beach is uh Leo Carrillo. Leo Cabrillo Beach. Jose, that's where they sent all the fucking kids in LAUSD on fucking field trips to Leo Carrillo. That's wow. the beach that, that they've sent us. No, And it's like, make sure to pack your swim trucks. We're going to go swimming. And all this time we've been swimming in crap. Wow. Oh, my God. That's horrible. And well, they still they- send us. They still send us there. It's like, it's like, no, that's why I, like, I'm like, please, like, no, like if you guys like, look, you come to Southern California, go to the theme parks, Universal, um, Disneyland, Six Flags Magic Mountain. That's out of the way. That's in Valencia. That's like super fucking far. Totally worth it. Do not go to the beach. Go go to like you go to you know um, if you want to just stay in your hotel. Just you know what? There's the, ra- the, the pool in your hotel. If you come here in the summer, if you come here in the summer, go to go to Raging Waters and, and look up a theme park that has like a water slide. Do not go to the beach. Trust me, you're. It, it will change your life for the worst. I I saw something in the news recently that made me super happy, and then want to hide my phone as quick as I could. So I'm going to bring this as our last topic that we have, because I know you love uh, Beyonce and you love the some of the things that the clothing that she came out with, which is great because it, she makes it for all types of people of all sizes and all genders and, and whatnot. So I don't know if you came across this or not, the advertisement that Adidas made about their bras, about the sports bras. Were you aware of this at all? So I'm on Twitter looking at your messages from work, which I shouldn't be. Uh, not messages, I mean posts, posts that you post on, on Facebook, on, on Twitter, and John, and then sometimes I see what the everyone else posts. So I'm scrolling through, and I see Adidas, and I'm scrolling up, and I'm reading the message, and then I look, I'm like, oh, um, yeah, I got to hit the radio button on my phone before someone walks around, because I work in a cubicle, but half of my cubicle is boarded up. The other half is glass, so anyone can look in. So I was proud of Adidas, but I said to myself, oh, shit, this is one of those NSFW moments, not safe for work. So it taught me a a very sharp lesson that not all the time is streaming through your phone, looking at messages and all these things is safe. Because one time, which I had a great story, a friend of mine who shall go nameless, sent my brother and I a picture that was very risque. I happened to be in a cafeteria with my boss and the assistant manager and literally in front of me, and I had my back to the corner. I open up my phone. I take a look at the message because I'm like, oh, wow, this is a very rare time I ever get a message from our friend. 
who shall go nameless. I flip up my phone because it was a flip phone. I look at the image. I say, oh, boy. I look. Thank God I'm sitting in a corner with my back to the wall. Flip it back. Calmly put it in. <laughs> he was very, let's just say it was a picture that he received that he decided to share with people. And I'm like, no. But when I went through Twitter and I saw the advertisement for Adidas, and I'm like, first of all, I'm like, Adidas, good on you for removing the stigma of all these things. Good on you for the fact that you're making, you're, you're literally saying, we cater our company to people of all sizes, of all different shapes. And this is something that we want to bestow upon the consumer. Because obviously there should be a stigma removed with the, with with um, with bra sizes and all these different things, but I was not expecting that at all. But you know, and I know, and so I'm giving a shout out to Adidas. Please, if you want to toss some money our way to sponsor you guys and and speak very very kindly about you all. You're more than welcome to, but I just wanted to toss that out there. And I don't know if you had any reactions to the advertisement that they posted. Yeah, I. Uh, so it, it's interesting because, you know, I have not had to buy a sports bra since high school because I am not an athletic person and I've given up that part of my life. But I understand that some people that some women um, prefer to wear sports bras to regular bras because a regular bra is not flattering does not provide the right support based on your based on your size based off of your measurements. And you know, they, they, you know, a, a good sports bra and a really good bra run comparable price-wise. So it's not like you're saving money also because of, you know, depending on your chemistry, if you sweat more, um, uh, a, a sports bra is, is better equipped for that uh, to, to help you with that. So you, you maybe, you know, you're, maybe the odor is less pronounced as opposed to wearing, um, a regular bra because also the the material in a regular bra um you know might might not be all that great you know so the, yeah it, it, it'll you know and then also like uh the whole underwire thing that'll come out okay. and it'll poke you and so it, it's so i i understand that it's not just about wearing a sports bra to do sports things in it's also sometimes it's a it's much for certain women it's much more preferable to an actual bra um for their day-to-day -day. Uh, i thought it was an interesting ad because it grabs attention and it's just like look boobs and then they talk about the equality aspect i thought they were gonna get like I thought when everything was said and done, there were going to be a couple people complaining about the ad because it was not inclusive enough. Like, okay, it didn't feature more, um, you know, women of of color. Um, it only focused on breasts, but they should have chosen women that have either lost their breasts to to breast cancer, mm -hmm. you have a or, or 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 um, women that are you know, go, that that are either like non-binary, which I'm not sure if this is like the correct place to put it, 
which it would not be because it would not identify as non-binary is neither male nor female right yeah they don't recognize they don't they don't right so or 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 someone that is going through a a a sex change surgery going from male to female Mm -hmm. right so it would be someone that has that you could see had maybe that's transitioning yeah that is transitioning or something like that right so i thought that's where you know it's like okay everybody's going to be celebrating for being provocative but i'm like you're going to have a group of people that are going to say that wasn't inclusive enough because you didn't include um these types of women or like oh you just showed a lot of women with large breasts what about small breasted women uh like i said women that have lost their breasts to to disease or women that or individuals that are transitioning you know to become women Uh, i didn't see too much out there of that but then you know i get the adidas advertising emails and they sent me that email for their new um for the sports bra line that they were launching a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago and it was just a regular email it was just women in sports bras in the workout gear and i was like well you guys tweet this provocative thing but then this is what you guys send so it wasn't like so there is a balance right there is a balance to that so it's like they 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 went back to the old you know sex cells with the tweet but then as far as you know in your inbox it's just like look at these pretty fashions that we're selling for the sports for this uh you know uh, sports wear with these new sports bras and whatnot so yeah because the thing that was amazed me was because i have someone in my life that says to me that they've had experienced difficulty buying a bra in general simply because they said that just because you buy from one company on one particular size you go off and buy another one from that same company even if you buy matching sizes, they are totally not, they could be totally not the same anymore. Um, and, and things of that nature that they, they experience all these issues buying them. So I thought to myself when I saw the advertisement, I'm like, good on them because they are trying to tell you we're making our stuff, catering our stuff to people of all different sizes. But I did not think of it that way, what you posted, what you, not what you posted, what you're saying. Because I know there are people that are, that are experiencing, you know, whether it's um, uh, have a mastectomy or if they have, um, you know, if they are getting uh, enhancements or things of that, of that to be done or if they're transitioning, that didn't occur to me at all. Or even, to- or, or even women that have had a botched uh, surgical procedure, right? Because maybe, maybe the last thing you want to do is if you're a woman and you wanted, you went to like some backyard uh, charlatan plastic surgeon and you have, uh, it, like now you have maybe like one breast that's bigger than the other or something like that. Like somebody like that, that, that struggle like that they need this to help them with their situation but you know whatever it is so that's to me because i was like well you know when you post something it goes one of a couple ways you get of course you're always going to get outrage what about this so i'm like okay so i'm like when i saw that i'm like what criticism is this going to draw 
Okay, lack of inclusivity, lack of representation of various women with or without breasts, right? And then of course there's jokes, which there were, because there were people like, hey, Under Armour, can't wait to see like how you guys advertise for cups and underwear and stuff like I that, I have right? not seen any of that, but that's actually, but I will refrain, go ahead. And then there's also the people that are 100% super supportive, and if you are like against it, they're gonna just like berate you for not understanding the tweet and whatever. And to me, I just thought like, since we since everything is now based on outrage corp culture, especially from a, when it comes from corporations, I'm like, like this is gonna get torn down and this is gonna get backlash. The, the criticism is gonna receive, it's gonna be off of, it's not inclusive enough. It doesn't paint a full picture of, of women uh, and certain, you know, when they wanna buy, the various women trying to buy sports bras. Yeah, I I did not actually think of it that way, but you're bringing a, a different perspective to it because I didn't hear any any backlash from it. I thought I would have heard more of a backlash in the news about it, but maybe I wasn't. I didn't tune to the right places for it. But I thought this is an advertisement that it's different. I thought to myself, knowing like I said, knowing someone I know that has that that, that particular issue. And and this and the fact that this advertising, I think they said forty eight or seventy eight different varieties of different of, of things of of, of of different varieties for sports bras and things of the uh, things for for women for support athletic support. I thought, wow, this is actually different, a uh, different way of advertising it. But like I said, you brought a different perspective that I had not th thought of, and I'm glad you 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 voiced that out. I'm glad. Is there um, is there anything you want to talk about, Jeanette, before we 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 finish up this episode? No, I think we've had a pretty good conversation tonight. Yeah, it was very well balanced, and I'm glad I'm glad we we're able to record today. And like I said, I appreciate a lot of the things that you do, and you know, on my behalf, I appreciate that. I want to tell you thank you. So. I'm Jose in New York. She's Janet in LA. On the behalf of Talking Jays, thank you for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, review, or all that whole bunch of stuff. Um, let us know your reviews when you if you can. We're planning on doing a giveaway soon, on, uh, but that'll be on next week's episode. We'll talk about that. So thank you for listening. Looking forward to the next recording. So have yourselves a good one. Thank you.